What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with somebody and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Jake yeah. Otero. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, dude? I am super excited to be here. I love New York. New York is the shit. Dude. I know. You've it's only so been here sick. for like 48 hours and you're yeah. already in love with it. Dude, yeah. That's the thing is like, I don't want to come because I know I'm not going to want to go back home. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is true. So let's <laughs> talk about it. Well, before we get too far in anything, plug everything up front, social media, all... Uh, uh, this will come out today for Patreon and then Monday for everyone else. So any shows you have coming up next week or any websites, anything like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, make sure to just follow me on Instagram. Just, it's just Jake Otero comedy. Um, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, same thing. Jake Otero comedy. And uh, I have shows. Uh, I'll be in Albuquerque. Uh, I have some shows tonight. But uh, in Albuquerque, I'll be at Brew Lab, Elvato. And then uh, Dry Heat Comedy Club and uh, Revel Entertainment Center as well. Perfect. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Jake Otero Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you have a name that's unique enough to where all you have to do is throw the comedy at the end of it. Dude, yeah, exactly. Well, for a long time, I just had, uh, it was just Jake Jake Otero because, like, I'm- Is there I'm, another Jake Otero that um, stole it? No, no. Well, so I could have done it, but then I was in that like weird space where I'm like, I don't know if I should call myself a comedian. Like yeah. I was just like really weird. But then I started getting stuff and I was like, oh, yeah, it's just going to make it easier for people to find you're me. better than me. I did two open mics and then changed all my social media <laughs> handles to Brennan T comedy. Fuck. Yeah. See, that's After, the way to this do is it. Back in 2009 <laughs> when like you would do your uh you would make your employment on your Facebook stand-up comedian. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> God, I immediately got rid of that because I was like, oh, I don't like the way that looks. And then it became yeah. like a running joke. Like later on in like, you know, the 2010s, everyone was like, oh, if you have stand-up comedian, you're not a real stand-up comedian. I was like, oh, I, uh, I'm not a loser. I'm going to take that off. So right. <laughs> I wanted to have you on. So you're uh, Zach Bennett, friend of the show. You yes. are, you know him from New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Zach is amazing. That's yeah. my dude. He was uh, the guy. We, uh, his episode was the godfather of Daytona comedy. He kind of, with the help of some of his friends, started pretty much the scene that is now present day Daytona comedy. He kind of started that. So wow. you met him when he was in New Mexico. Obviously he moved out there and he was doing stand up, and then yeah. that's how you two met. And then he texts me in true Zach Bennett form where he was like, Hey Brennan, I have a friend uh, coming to New York. You know, can you help him out with anything? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Just let me know the dates they're coming. And he goes, tomorrow. He'll be there tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, yeah. I need more notice than 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. You came in. 
It was your first time in the city, and I say this yeah. all the time, but I always get super excited when no one's ever been to the city and they love comedy because their eyes like light up when they see the cellar and like they see all these comics and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Dude, and I was definitely. like, oh yeah, I remember what that was like when I first got here. Dude, yeah, the cellar, I went uh, a few days ago and it was just amazing seeing that because like it's just so legendary. And uh, I, I saw the 1130 show and I specifically chose that to see Dave Attell, who is yeah. my favorite comedian of all time. And uh, so, which is weird. I do the weird. The weird thing is when we were texting, you were like, "I'm seeing Dave Attell." Yeah, and I automatically because he always does the late show there. So I was yeah. like, "Oh, the 11:30 show." Yeah. And again, this goes back to just being in New York. Only I've only been here for two years, but just being in New York, it's like, yeah, that's the show Dave does is the yeah. eleven. But you were like, yeah, I, you know, I, I made sure to get a reservation for that show so I could say, I go, yeah, he does yeah. that show every day. That's yeah, his show. exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then when because I saw some of the pictures you posted, so you and I got to we hung out before yes you went to a show and then you met me at the olive tree which is the restaurant we hung yeah. out for a little bit then you went to the eleven thirty, and i left but then i saw some of the pictures so what ended up happening dude so uh i pay my tab and i i walk outside and dave just leaves and i thought it was kind of like the comedy store where you know you could just see him walking right there because i just wanted to see him yeah and uh he i didn't i was like oh, all right whatever but um to preface that right when he comes in because i'm sitting right by the kitchen where they take the checks and everything yeah and so I see him. I saw him walk in, and uh, the girl sitting next to me looked at me kind of funny because I kind of gasped. And uh, so he walks, and I see him. He's like right there, and I just put my hand out like that. He's like, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" So that was that was a highlight of my night already. Yeah. And so I'm leaving, and I walk out, and I like just was going to to like get catch the subway on my way home, and. Uh, I, I hear thanks for coming man and I look and I was like oh shit like, it's fucking Dave Attell so like I I was just like stoked I was like hey man can I get a picture with you and uh, he's like yeah yeah of course and I go and I remember he smelled like cigarettes yeah uh, I remember that that's yeah. how I met Dave <laughs> really outside smoking yeah. dude I was thinking too I was like I, I have like, a whole bit about like meeting famous people smoking everyone's like smoking's terrible I go I've met Chappelle Attell like dude, Tom exactly. Rowe I've met all these people hanging out smoking Dude, that's so sick. Like, if I if I could go back, I would have bought a pack of cigarettes just for just that. To, just you'd be there. shocked how much time you can get away with just standing there, hanging yes. out when you're smoking. Because you're doing something. You're smoking a cigarette. Yes. And no one's... Like if I if I if we're hanging out outside and then you and I start smoking, I'm not halfway through the cigarette gonna like turn and like start well, like we're doing something together. Exactly, dude. I that's I I'm gonna pick that up again because yeah. <laughs> like especially if I'm living here because yeah it was it was so funny because. It was just insane. My like, I took a picture with him, and he's on these like steps, like mm -hmm. right next to yeah, the cellar. Front, yeah. And I was walking down, and my legs felt weak as shit. It felt like a dream. Like it yeah. was really weird. It's like, so cool because I remember the when me and my ex Savannah had come up here to look at apartments. I said, yeah. "This is like when we first started dating. She got me the coolest gift anyone's ever gotten me. She got me." Um, tickets to go see laughs at the garden which is like a new york thing yeah. it's a comedy show for it's like a charity fundraiser but like people don't come from out of town to see it like it's like a new yeah. yorker thing but she she knows i love bill burr so she looked up where bill burr was going to be and that happened to be one of the shows it was in new york so we were living in florida she's like you know we'll kill like 10 birds with one stone we'll go up there we'll see the comedy show you'll be able to experience new york because i had never yeah. been as an adult and she was like we'll also be able to look in areas for apartments and like kind of yeah. check out certain areas because we were going for like a week okay and it was the same kind of thing as like just getting up here and like experiencing like New York. But yeah. one of the nights we were so that on that trip is when I went out outside of our hotel because she paid for the hotel and she made more money. She makes more money than I do. So we stayed yeah. at the Soho Grand. 
Oh, and so shit. we stay. I go outside at like seven thirty in the morning to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And Chappelle walks out because he's also staying at the Soho Grand. Holy shit! And dude. Uh, like we were staying in like a regular room. He's obviously yeah. staying in the suite upstairs. But like, if you want to smoke, you both got to come outside. Yeah, like, exactly. This isn't a comedy club where you run shit. Like you got to smoke yeah. outside of. And so, I mean, he probably smokes in the room. Who knows? But yeah. Chappelle <laughs> walks out and he stops to light his cigarette. And I immediately like same thing like panic. I'm like, yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I just blurt out. Oh my God, you're Dave Chappelle. I'm a comedian from Florida. I love you. Everybody loves you. And yeah. he just turns and goes, thanks, man. <laughs> and paused for a second and then kept walking. But the joke I say on stage is I love smoking cigarettes because now I'm best friends with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. But, That's sick. And then Tom Rhodes was the same thing. We yeah. went to the cellar that night and I'm like beaming. I'm like, I can't believe all this is happening. Yeah. And Tom Rhodes was one of the first, when I was like 12 or 13, one of the first ever Comedy Central Presents I ever saw. Yeah. And he, and so I've always looked up to him. Uh-huh. Same thing. Comes around the corner and I'm like, that's Tom Rhodes. And my Savannah was like, who? That's Tom fucking Rhodes. Yeah. And he walks up, same fucking thing he did. Put yeah. my hand out, got a fist bump from him. I was like, yep. dude, I love you, man. And he was like, thanks, buddy. And he goes, oh, I got to go to work now. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Dude. And then we came outside, same thing. He's standing outside with a buddy of his and Savannah love her to death she had the balls of steel she just goes that's the same guy right and i go yeah and she just walked right up to him and she goes tom hi i don't mean to interrupt you but my boyfriend brennan like really is a big fan of yours yeah and he wanted to say hi and i'm standing there like a little kid like yeah <laughs> right and he's like come over here man i'm like hi <laughs> dude but it's fuck. just living here it's just now i run into those people all the time like you know yeah. people i look up to or heroes or whatever you want to say and it's just so like second nature Yes. So I'm, I love hanging out with people who love comedy as much. And that's what I, I texted Zach. I don't know if he told you, yeah. but as soon as I left you, I texted Zach and I said, Oh, thanks for introducing me to Jake. You know, he's obviously wants to hustle. He's really hungry and he loves comedy. I was like, this is, he's, this is perfect. Yeah. Cause sometimes people will send people my way and I'm just kind of like, Oh, they just like, they want to do the New York thing, which is fine. I totally am okay with that. But I'm like, yeah. that's not. Like, I'm not the resource for that. Like, I'm yeah. the resource, like, if you want to, like, do comedy stuff. But, like... Exactly. And you yeah. were you were on it, man. You were yeah. like, yeah, let's go here. <laughs> let's go there. So yeah. I wanted to talk to you about how, like, how did you even decide to come to New York? Like, just... We're going to get into, like, how you got into comedy and stuff. But this trip in general, because we yeah. talked about it a little at the cellar, and I thought it was interesting. Because you have, like, a whole thing going on in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. Our scene in Albuquerque is actually really sick. We have some major killers, people who go on the road all the time uh, at, like, legit comedy clubs. And we have a legit comedy club, too. We have to say but, that, yeah. yeah. In Jacksonville, we do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they tour with legit people. Like, yes, there's, yeah. We're not just, like, doing bar shows in, like, Savannah. Like, it, these exactly. are real things. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's it, it's... It's pretty uh it's a dope scene but like the thing is is like i'm exposed to so much stand-up and i watch it all the time and so like one of my favorites when i like a big reason why i like just wanted to start doing it was because of bobby lee in yeah. um at the comedy store and he's like one of my favorite people just because he's like just so short and uh, like i like just i vibe with him like that and uh short kings man exactly dude 100 but like i was uh like I was just exposed to like I was looking at a lot of like LA comics and seeing that and then like just because you're close you're much closer to LA oh yeah what is that like an hour flight two hours yeah it's about like, an hour flight yeah yeah pretty much and my sister lives there too so okay. I was like oh yeah this is perfect but then like I started getting more into like the New York scene with like Sam Marill, Mark Norman Joe List and then obviously a Joe List friend of the show hey Joe List what's up I'm Jake hi but uh, like it it was just like. <laughs> 
their writing style here in New York is what I love. It's like attention to like just writing like set yeah. a punchline like the good shit being and a like, wordsmith yeah, yeah yeah and like in, using and, the right words because there's uh, i say it all the time like there are certain words that are just funnier than other words yes so it's like yeah you could use this but why don't you use that it's funnier yes it's the same thing with like numbers too it's like don't say seven say like 75 like you 100%. know what i mean like but to your point that's and we talked about this the thing i love about new york is how obsessed a lot of the comics are about writing and even for me like i'm not set up punch i'm a storyteller yeah but still i being in new york it forces me to be like that's too long story's too long like cut it down cut it down cut it down yeah and then through doing that process it almost turns into a setup punch like not entirely but it almost turns into that because you have to whittle it down so much in this yeah kind of style exactly well see honestly that's my favorite part about stand-up is just the writing aspect yeah like right now like obviously like stuff with stand-up i would love to do that but i'm also looking to like you know write for i think writing for like late night and like that type of shit like the onion new yorker all that stuff i think that's just amazing yeah and like just seeing i remember seeing a tell for the first time videos and I, I like just rapid fire slaying and I was like, oh, this is this comedy. is comedy. That yes. is what it is. And like, it's so funny because every time like I'm looking for it because I've listened to Dave so much. So every time I'm looking for a new comedian to listen to, I'm like, who is who has that style? Mm -hmm. And now it's like Mark Norman, yeah. uh, Sam hey, Morrill. Hey. It's funny because that <laughs> Dave always does like the hey and now yeah. Mark. Obviously, it's a, a different, but Mark is always like, "Hey, hey!" Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, that is kind of similar. Like, it's a, it's a different tone, but similar cadence, similar yes. kind of like bang, 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 kind of a thing. Exactly, and completely can, different tone, but very yeah. similar in style. One hundred percent, and you can see like when they're on podcasts and they start talking like about Atel, you can see their eyes light up, and yeah. you're like, "Fuck yeah, I love that shit." My favorite part is a lot of times uh, there's uh, an open mic that I go to on. Uh, it's called the Comedy Shop. We do new new joke wednesday so every wednesday yeah. at four o'clock the rule is you have to it has to be all new material so you could have only started doing it that week so if you did yeah. it monday or tuesday that's fine but you can't bring in shit from last week now obviously if you're writing new tag we don't follow it like yeah. if you're writing a new tag or something like that you can definitely work it in but like the kind of running joke is like it's new joke wednesday only new stuff yeah and it's it's one of the hottest mics it's super popular it always sells out yeah because you know everyone knows everyone's doing new stuff so you're not going to hear the same five you heard of the last four mics yes yeah but Dave, a lot of times, does his grocery shopping uh -huh. on Wednesdays around 4 o'clock. And I only know this because probably out of the 50 times I've been there, half the time, you see Dave coming from CVS with like all these reusable bags. <laughs> That's And nuts. if you didn't know it was Dave Attell, you'd think, oh, there's a homeless person. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And he openly talks about like because of the way he dresses and he wears that black hat. Yes. And like just like that bomber jacket. And yep. then he's got like all these reusable bags like off his shoulders. <laughs> and you're like... Aww. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm. it just makes me laugh because I go, oh, that's one of the most successful and famous comedians I've ever heard of. Oh, 100%. Like, like that is the legend right there. Yeah, the like, man. <laughs> so what What actually brought you, because you still live in Albuquerque and you're just yeah. visiting New York, but why living so close to L.A. and visiting L.A. so many times, why did you, was it just the style, the writing styles of like Sam and Mark and all those guys where you're like, oh, I want to go check out New York? It was a lot of that, but like, a main thing because what I, I was supposed to go to Denver at this time. Okay. And I so was. So you had a trip planned for comedy. You just didn't yes. know where it was going to be. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it was supposed to be Denver, but I had no luck getting shows there. And I was like, well, 
I because I'm in school and I had a really good semester. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If I can't get a show there, let's go to New York and let's do that. And uh, I ended up getting some shows. And I was like, fuck yeah. But like a big reason is because in Albuquerque, um, like I have not to like brag or anything. No, but this is a flex show. Flex. <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, do you not see the wall man flex oh, all dude, you want? Fuck yeah. yeah. Dude, I have been killing it in Albuquerque. I really have been. Like <laughs> That I, is what Zach told me. Dude, yes. That like, is why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Thank you. But like I, I've been get I have a show every single week. I'm at Mike's and I get props from some of my favorite comedians there. And they like it, it's absolutely nuts. And when you when you're getting all of that like i guess attention or whatever mm-hmm. it's kind of like i'm very busy and it's hard to like take a step back and actually like appreciate shit yeah and so that's why i had to do this wall yeah exactly and cuz like i'm running around doing all this stuff and i i and i was still having phone calls with like people in my family or like my girlfriend now or like other people where i'm just like i think i'm spinning my wheels like i think yeah. i'm not making the progress I need to make. And my twin sister, that's why she's on the wall. She was like, you need to like appreciate, like you've done a lot. Yes. From being, you know, on the cusp of death five years ago and now being five years sober and moving to New York and doing all these things. She's like, you've accomplished a lot, whether you know it or not. So yeah. then I put like that, all these like posters and stuff up because it's like, oh, it's like an appreciation kind of thing where exactly. it's like, oh yeah, you have to appreciate the stuff you've done because I'm, you know, not to toot your own horn, but yeah. beep, beep. But Zach, when he, Zach reached out to me, he goes, yeah. listen, man, like you need to hang out with this guy. Like this yeah. guy's actually doing. And Zach doesn't say that for a lot of people. Like unless yeah. he believes in that person, he won't say that. So that's why I immediately was like, all right, cool. Like, let's get him on the show. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Zach. Like, yeah, I, He's I not going to listen. Dude. Zach only <laughs> listen to his episode. That's yeah. selfish son of a bitch. Dude. So, <laughs> but you come. So you realize everything you have going on in Albuquerque and then yeah. you, you can't get the shows in Denver. So you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to New York. Yeah. Yeah, and it ended up working out like amazingly and like I knew I fucking knew coming here I was like it's gonna make it's gonna light another fire under yeah. me and I'm gonna come back to Albuquerque with the fucking like I'm just ready to do shit and that is I can't like I love being here I don't want to leave but I also can't wait to get back home and just be like, like watch this motherfucker exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. dude cause like just seeing cause I-, I went to the cellar and I went to New York Comedy Club and I saw shows and there's like majority of the people going up I don't know them and I've never heard of them and they are fucking killers it's amazing it's like it's insane I've been obsessed with comedy since I was 12 I've been in New York for two years and I actually go we talked about this but I actually go to shows like I'm still the guy who will like show up and a lot of comics once they get five six ten years in they become very jaded and they like like I even was talking to List about it List was like I don't really he's like I need to watch more stand up like I don't watch stand up really anymore I just kind of do my thing and then exactly and so it was weird because like a lot of people think it's weird for me because I'm always watching like I love it and it's the same kind of thing though where you'll go I'll go to like the stand Uh and watch a lineup and you're like damn like how have I never heard of this person and I'm in it all the time I'm inundated with it and I haven't heard of this person and they're crushing and then sometimes it'll be the flip where someone will go up and you go I think I've seen this person on social media and then they eat a dick and you're like (laughs) okay all right I get it I get it yeah they've got a few hundred thousand they fill the seats I understand it's a business I see what's going on here exactly but it's also it can also be very humbling because you're like oh like they're not even that good at this and they're crushing it compared to me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, see, and that's the thing too, is like, I don't like, I've, 
I have a TikTok and I, I nothing crazy, but like I've had a few videos that like hit the algorithm. Yeah. And um, I love how you say hit the algorithm. You completely understand what happened. Yo, yeah, one hundred percent. Because some people will be like, "Yeah, I'm pretty famous on such and such," and you go, mm. "Yeah." Like, are you or was it a perfectly timed storm? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because like I post videos after that, and it's like three thousand, and then yeah. I, the last ones I posted three hundred. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I hit the algorithm. <laughs> that's what I did. But like, it gave me a good like eighteen hundred followers, and I never had that on anything. And so I was like. I, I kind of just I would prefer to build this slowly because I don't want to get to that point where I'm just like oh there's a hundred and something thousand followers I'm getting spots here but I'm eating it yeah. it's like I don't want well, that well I've seen it I and you and I talked about this and I've talked about this with other people on the show we've seen it yeah. where I've gone to shows with friends of mine who are very very good comics yeah and we and I won't say their name because we kind of talk shit we'll sit in the back <laughs> of the room or they'll like come off stage and they'll be like God so and so like you got to talk to them and I'll be like, what do you mean? They go, you need to take them to like some open mics or something. Cause everyone <laughs> knows, even though I've been doing comedy as long as I have, I'm still doing open mics and stuff. Yeah. So when I go to the bigger club, some of the comics who are big, like who are way bigger than me uh-huh. that are past at the clubs, they, I'm like the ambassador to open mics. They'll be like, <laughs> you got to take so-and-so to an open mic. And I'll be like, why they go, Cause this, they're doing TikTok bits. Like they're doing oh, stuff that they would shit. do online on stage. They're like, that's yeah. not comedy, man. Like you gotta, you gotta take them. And I'm like, well, what am I gonna? Hey, Mister Millionaire with all these hundreds of thousands of followers, you want to come to an open mic and pay five dollars and yeah. eat a dick? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's like the open mics here is is different too because yeah, like, you've done a couple now. So what, yeah, what is that? Because we talked about how. In Jacksonville, and you told me in Albuquerque, some of the mics are like shows. Like people come yeah. out, and you have regulars and stuff. So, what was your experience doing the open mics here in New York, where it's just comics? Yeah, it's all comics. So you kind of like you go up there, and in your mind, there's like a little bit of uh, okay, it's just comics. I'm gonna come up here and not give too much energy and just not give a fuck. But then, like, I'm also like I'm here in New York for one yeah. week, and I'm not gonna come back for like months. So I'm like. I am going because I and then on top of it, I had a new I have this new bit that I'm trying to work out because I was just in Phoenix and I was like, fuck it, let's do that. And uh, like I'm just trying hard to get the laughs and it actually like plays good because even though it's just comics, like we were talking the other day, like you said, like if there's a chuckle. Like, you know, that's going to work. Yeah. If the comics die laughing, that's only going to work here because comics are fucked up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like. I, I like I was getting like some chuckles and I was like, oh shit, this is good. This works in New York and it's a bit about Phoenix. Yeah. I'm not even from Phoenix. Like, so it was it was cool. It like, especially talking to you, it gave me um, the way to look at mics. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes yeah. in Albuquerque, we there there will be a mic where it's just comics and I'm I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna riff. Like it's yeah uh, yeah. What's the well, point? Well, and I and I we talked about this too, but it was for the listeners. It you can fall into this weird trap where you start going to mics so often especially when you first start comedy, especially if you start in a major city, yeah, where you'll just start riffing on the comics yes. in the room. Yeah. Like uh, <clears throat> we had one comic who's always at the mics with us and then he wasn't there this week and someone goes, oh, he's in LA. And then one of the comics went on stage and was like, I was going to kill myself if you guys were like, oh, he's in LA doing late night. Yeah. <laughs> like if he made it before all of us, like yeah. I would have been pissed. And the room exploded. Like we all start dying laughing. Then, yeah. like, and then he's like, why am I even talking about this person and they're not even there? And then we just keep dying. But it's like, yeah, you could never do that. Like, no, you just wasted two minutes for no reason. Exactly. And yeah. I did that like uh, the three, one of the mics, the three o'clock mic yesterday. Yeah. I went up and I or on Wednesday I went up. 
and I was like, oh, no one's going to get this because it was like a super inside Star Wars reference. But I was like, I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. And I went up and I did it and then no one got it. And I was like, oh, well, it's totally niche anyway. And then I started explaining it. Yeah. And the host literally goes four minutes <laughs> almost to be like, you're wasting your time. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing because, again, in shows in smaller markets. That kind of stuff doesn't happen, not all the time, because you're just like, you know, a lot of times there's people in the audience and you're like, oh, well, no matter what, like we're going to try and make these three people laugh. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, looking at mics the way people look at it here, like how you said, like you're hitting all these mics and it's usually the same comics from each one. Yeah. So you're going to have you're having to write a lot and brand new five minutes on all of these. I think that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you should be. You should. There's plenty of people who don't. And then you're like, by the third mic, you're like, you're obviously it was funny at the first one, but you're not going to get a laugh now because this is the third time we've heard it in four hours. Yeah, exactly. Well, and see in Albuquerque, like the process there with me, uh, I don't know about everybody else, but like I will have I'll start out the week with like three, four new jokes and then I work those out through because we have mics Monday through Friday. Work those out and then I'll have a show on Saturday and be able to use it then. Yeah. But like, I love the fact of just writing and writing and writing and writing just like everybody here, well, like the good people yeah. do at the mics and shit. And uh, I think that's something that we should adopt out in, in Albuquerque because like there's a lot of like people who've been doing it like so, so long and it's like, like you're doing the same thing at the open mics. It's like yeah. it's it's you pretty guys, nuts. You guys, what you should do is you should uh, implement a, a new joke mic. Yes, yes, yeah, because that, that would that be force sick. and then every because even if it's just comics, yeah, you could be like you can't no no yeah. don't even try that bit like Dude. we know that's an old bit like don't even go there yeah that would actually be really it forces sick. people to write yeah there are times where I, I've gotten some of my lately some of my better bits showing up to the four o'clock comedy shop mic the new joke Wednesday mic. And being like, I didn't fucking write anything new. Yeah. And then I'll be like fourth up. So I'm just like burning through any idea I've ever had. Yeah. And like, I'll get up there. And then at that point, it's so fresh because you just wrote it down that you'll yes. riff on the, it's just premises. Yeah. But then you'll riff on them and I record every set. So then I'll be yeah. like, oh shit. Like that's, that is a bit. Yes, exactly. And I think that would be like, that's sick because you're up there, brand new joke. I get this where I get like a lot of like anxiety, oh, like yeah. going up there with a new joke and like you're thinking on your toes. So it's like, oh, some good shit comes from this. Have you ever written something thinking, oh, this is going to change comedy and then you've gotten up and it's bombed? Yes. Oh, okay. Lot. Good. Yeah. As long as. <laughs> yeah. That's... I mean, that was, that was, I've done that with so many bits, but that was the case. I was telling my current girlfriend that the other day, that was the case lately where I was like, this happens with jokes all the time where you go, this is going to change the face of comedy. Yeah. It's coming at so many different angles. It's so layered. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a genius. Yeah. And then it bombs like 10 times in a row and you go, yep. I guess I can't fucking use this bit. Yes, exactly. I was like, that's how the one man show for me was. Yeah. Was I like did the one man show and I was like, oh, this is going to change my life. This will change my career. Uh-huh. And then it comes out in two weeks. And then last week, John Mulaney's special aired. And yeah. I was like, oh, he did it, but longer and funnier and in front of way more people and yeah. much more lighthearted. And yeah. and then my whole world started like crumbling. And like I've been on a bunch of podcasts to promote it and I'm not getting as much traction as I thought. And I was like, oh, this is the bit thing. Yeah. This is the bit that you think is going to be awesome and bombs, but on a much 
much broader scale. <laughs> yeah. Like, this costs thousands of dollars and it's going to bomb. I was yeah. like, oh, no. Dude, yeah. I can't imagine, like, because of the money aspect with that, I would be like, fuck, dude. But, like. Well, they say chase your dreams. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's say. the thing. And, and then when the bill comes, you go, thank God I live on the 25th floor. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a straight drop right outside. Dude, 100%. <laughs> but, and then, like, the thing is, is, like, the way I, I look at it, because I've never had to spend, like, a lot of money on shit. But I've had, like opportunities to where i'm like oh this is gonna be like this is gonna make me one of the top people in, in where i'm at and i have the show and, and like nothing really comes of it i'm just back into the normal thing but then like from like taking a look from everything on an outside perspective i guess i'm like it's a story to tell yeah and i mean so well i gotta go do five minutes it. out of doing the one-man show really? so that's See, yeah, exactly yeah. Yes. so if anything i've got like a, a solid five just about doing it and then yeah. when the john Mulaney thing came out that is it, that's just another tag exactly to put oh then John Mulaney did it but he did it better and in front of more people and yes. for a lot of bigger audience and then everybody laughs and I go yeah okay so it's just yeah it's terrible for my situation but it just makes another tag yes because nobody wants to you to be like yeah I did a one man show and it was so awesome and so many people came out and I <laughs> yeah. crushed it I'm crushing life right now nobody yeah. wants to hear that <laughs> it's like oh no it went terribly terribly wrong tell us more exactly well there's something beautiful about like just the, the climb to the top like yeah. that sounds like a Miley Cyrus song but seriously it's like yeah. like it, there's something like everybody's like oh those are the best times it doesn't feel like it I'm fucking in, in it right moment, now yeah. but, <laughs> well they, I mean I say it all the time it's a line from that movie uh road trip from back before you were probably even born but yeah. uh it's it's funny because they're talking about like getting somewhere and the guy was like hey man if it was easy it would just be the way yes because exactly. they're, they're talking about a shortcut and they go shortcuts are supposed to be hard because if it was easy it would just be the way but yeah. that line if it was easy it would just be the way is something i think about all the time because it's like yep. yeah if doing comedy anywhere in the world especially in new york was easy Everyone would do it. 100%. How many failed models and actors do we see where they're like, oh, comedy doesn't look so hard. Yeah. And then within like six months, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Exactly. Yeah. There's someone we I see at the mics and they talk about how attractive they are. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you can't. That's not what we're doing. Like, you cannot. No. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That turns people off immediately. Yeah. And like, especially really in a does. room full of comics. Yes. Exactly. It's one thing if you do it at a show in front of Brooklyn pretty people, but yeah. when you're doing it in a room full of con, like uh, one of the opening lines is like talking about like you know being this hot. Yeah. And I always, always, because I try not to heckle, but at that point they'll be like you know what i mean and i just start laughing i go no nobody in here knows what you mean dude like this is enough that's enough um yeah i wanted to talk about how you even got into stand-up because you've been sober now for two years right yes okay cool and so when did you so you've obviously been very passionate about stand-up when was the first thing that you saw or heard or because like i said for me i was 12 my cousin introduced me to comedy central presents yeah and i used to record it on vhs and watch them over and over and over mitch hedberg and tom rhodes and those kind of guys yeah and then i say this all the time on the show but it wasn't until i saw dane cook's episode of comedy central presents where i was like oh i i want to do that yes like everyone before it's like oh this is very funny but it's a totally different style than anything i was used to uh -huh. and then seeing dane i was like Oh, that's that looks like fun. Like yes. that looks awesome. So for you, what was that moment where you were like, "Oh, I want to do stand up"? So like, I had discovered it like very young, younger than I should have been. And uh, everybody in Albuquerque would know. Uh, everybody watches it. Um, George Lopez, yeah. the first stand up special I I saw, and I loved it. I didn't know that like 
I would ever be able to do that. Like it, it was just seeing him just make joke after joke for a full hour. I was like, that's that's like superhuman shit. Yeah. Like I was like, it's nuts. So I had always been a fan of uh, watching stand up, and like I found Cat Williams younger than I should have been. Same thing with Eddie Murphy. Like pimping, uh, pimping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pimp uh, Chronicles number two. It was yeah. the first Cat Williams shit. But like, I, I loved it. I always thought that was cool. And then you know, that evolved to me being like the class clown, the dumb kid in in high school, middle school, all that shit. But then um, I was about. I started smoking weed at about thirteen. I was really okay. young. Was and that the, because of like the the group you were hanging out with, or was definitely. that okay? Yeah, one hundred percent. Those assholes <laughs> yeah. are the reason. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So that like. Getting started at weed at that age, like that was that was pretty nuts. And then I'm not saying that like weed is a gateway drug. For some people, it's not. For me, it definitely was. Yeah. I just wanted to see what different highs felt like. So then came the pills, <laughs> cocaine, like yeah. everything. And it was like. And when did you start drinking? I started drinking like, like I had my first drink when I was super young. But like drinking like every weekend, it would have been like. Had to be 15, 16. So, and that too, that's what you had said earlier before we started recording, and I wanted to map that out for the listeners. So, you start smoking weed at 13. Yeah. And then there's almost a two year gap until you start drinking on a regular basis. Yeah. So, in between that two years, were you just doing weed or were you starting to get into other things? It was uh, just weed. Okay. And then. Because that would have been really weird if you were like, I was smoking weed, then I was doing coke, and then I started drinking. That would have been bananas. You You know what's so crazy is I smoked weed before I ever smoked a cigarette. Oh Which really? Was, That's yeah. not too crazy. It's not, yeah, because no. I thought it was weird because all my friends around me would be, well, not all of them, but a lot of them would be smoking cigarettes, and I'm like, I just want weed. So you hung out with degenerates. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Did you you grew up in New Mexico? Yeah, yeah, okay. Albuquerque. Yeah. Okay. Which it, it was it was like it's different. Yeah I, yeah, I grew up in like one of not the worst neighborhood in Albuquerque, but it's it's one of the bad ones. It's the South Valley. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was You're different. like I'm not gonna say it's the absolute bottom, but yeah. it's. It's, it's hanging close. out around there. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, definitely. So what was your upbringing like? Was it like where you, you know, it, because obviously it has a lot to do with the types of drugs and alcohol and stuff we get into. So that's the thing. It's like a lot of times people are like, oh, they were raised in a bad environment and that's why they're like this. It's like, well, no. I know yeah. plenty of rich kids that are fucked up on pills, and I know yeah. plenty of poor kids that are fucked up on heroin. It's the same thing. 100%. It's literally heroin is just chemical or excuse me uh oxycontin is just chemically altered heroin exactly like it's prescription heroin so it's yes. like it, it it has a lot more to do with the person and themselves than it does to do with like their surroundings so much exactly so for you was it like oh everyone's smoking weed i'm gonna get into weed and then you were just like oh i love getting fucked up yes okay yeah so that was yeah. exactly like, yeah, it. it's pretty simple i just yeah. liked it <laughs> well see the crazy thing about that is i didn't have a crazy childhood my parents are amazing i've had the Shout best out childhood. To the parents hell yeah mom and dad i love you guys but like honestly i blame everything on myself good i was just there a you young dumb kid and I had all the resources to do good in school, and that's what my parents wanted, but I was just an idiot. And so they are, like, nothing to blame. My whole family was is perfect, and we have our problems, but, like, they gave me nothing but support, and I just was an idiot. So yeah. everything was 100% my fault. Like, um, it was just... And that's something I can definitely relate to, too, because yeah. even when I was writing the one-man shows, people would tell me in my family, they'd be like, like, they would they saw it, and then they would go... You know, you just, you never picked up the phone. 
Like yeah. we were all here for you, but you never reached out. You never asked. And I go, well, yeah. And I realized, I mean, I realized years and years ago, back when I first went to rehab that I, it was on me. Yeah. But it's so weird because I, I talk about this all the time, but when you get into that situation where you start to spiral, you can't see the forest through the tree. Like you can't yeah. see the bigger picture because you're just like, well, I'm fucked up and I'm always going to be fucked up. And that's just who I am. Exactly. And you don't realize that there's people around you like trying to help you. And you're like, nah, fuck off. Like I just want to yes. be by myself exactly. and get fucked up with my dumb friends. Yeah. 100%. And that's kind of like goes into like how I got sober is because just well, so I wanted that before yeah. we get there. So this is all happening through high school, obviously 15, yes. 16. And then what ends up happening? Cause you, you had mentioned earlier that you're back in school and you and I had talked about how you're going to graduate in a couple years, but yeah. you're 26. So obviously yes. there's a big gap in between high yeah. school and then going back to college. So what happened in, in the between times? So uh, I dropped out of high school at like 11th grade. Stupid. I was almost there, but um, I was just, I didn't care about going to school. I wanted to get fucked up. I would get dropped off at my at my uh, high school and then I would just ditch and go to my friend's house. So wait, your parents would like drop you off and then you would just walk away? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then I would just go to my friend's house and smoke weed the whole day. God. But yeah, it was it was bad. And then so like, yeah, I dropped out. I get I got my GED, which was good. And then uh, well, I would hope so. You're going to graduate yeah. college soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So like I, I got that. No, and then, I completely bamboozled the system and got into college without a GED. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. University of New Mexico. Go Lobos. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't check and it's Albuquerque. Fuck <laughs> it. But, like, so yeah. And then, so I started working I was working bullshit jobs. It was call center. So you were just like working and like getting fucked up. Yes, pretty okay. much. Exactly. And then there for a long time, cause I was living at home with my parents. I still do. But like, I would just, I would lose jobs. I couldn't keep a job. And then I would just be home for months. And then it's like, I'm running out of money. So let's get back to working. Cause I want to get high. So that's something that, uh, I truly, truly, truly did not understand until because I, I moved out around 17. So okay. I've been kind of doing the and there are stints where I've had to like stay at home for a couple months or like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. But for the most part, I've been paying rent since I was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And that's something that in the back of my head, I always think about where it's like. Especially we talked about this, but those nights I go to the stand of the cellar and no one I know is there and I'm sitting by myself at a bar drinking water and I'm like, what did I, I made a horrible mistake. Like I need to go back to Florida. Yeah. In those moments, I think how cool would it be to fucking move in with like my aunt and uncle or my grandma and just fucking play Xbox all day long, <laughs> not have any rent. Yep. She always has food in the fridge. Yes. Like get a job like two days a week just cause. Exactly. I'm always like, God, that would be the. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what you were doing between 100%. high school. So when you dropped out, were your parent? What? I'm sure they were pissed. So uh, all throughout high school, I was just getting bad grades and stuff, and they were mad at that. But they had gotten to a point where it just kind of started in middle school. But like my teachers would be calling, they got to a point where they're like, "We're not answering." They're like, yeah. "We're not answering the calls. You this do what you want to do." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you drop out in 11th grade, and then how did that conversation go? Uh, my, I told my mom, I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going. She's like, all right, well, if you're going to live here, you're getting your GED and you're going to work. And I was like, I'm all for that. But okay. then I, yeah. And then so I was, then that's when the odd jobs and stuff would start happening. Exactly. Now, were yeah. you going in like fucked up to work and stuff like oh, that? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. I would smoke. I was smoking a blunt or a joint right before <laughs> every break I was smoking again. And then I would take so this pills. is just weed. So, oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cause this was like, so when did the pills and the Coke and all that come into play? So the pills, uh, Oh shit! It was I had to be like sixteen, seventeen, because it was it was going on even when I was in high school too. Okay, and uh, like just 
I was friends with the wrong people and, um, you know, we're sitting there smoking weed and there was this one kid, uh, I won't say his name, but like his parents never gave a fuck. I think they were like all like they were strung out too. So we would go there to get fucked up, drink and everything because they didn't care. And uh, I remember he was like, yeah, I have these, uh, they're oxycotton or oxycodone. Yeah. And I was like, um, I was like, all right, I'll Codone's try the, it. the weaker one for yeah, those exactly, of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the uninitiated. <laughs> right. We are initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like, fuck it, let's, let's do it. And uh, holy shit, that was the best feeling I've ever yeah, had in my life. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The itchies and then I'm constipated and yeah. shit. Like, that was, was my favorite. I remember I had, uh, I was changing my twin sister's headlight one time and yeah i was drunk as shit and i was being an idiot and i was like oh am i supposed to because i've changed a million headlights but hers yeah. was in a jetta so it was weird because it was german it was something i'd never seen because yeah all the cars that i ever worked on were fords okay and so i'm like staring at the headlight bulb and i'm like am i supposed to like pull this bulb out of the thing you're not <laughs> newsflash you're not supposed to so i remember i was trying to pull the bulb out and the light exploded and shattered oh, into my eye oh shit and luckily i was wearing contacts so i ripped my contacts out and that shielded my eye Damn. but i still had to go like to the dot anyway long story short i end up in the er yeah and they're like, oh, you have like shards of glass in your eye and they had to pull them out. Yeah. But then they gave me Oxycontin, like oh, the real the stuff. good stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> your eye is one of the most sensitive parts of your body. Yeah. Um, but it also heals the fastest. So they only gave me like seven. Oh, And they're like, shit. oh, take one of these for the next couple of days every like six hours. Yeah. And I remember I took one and I felt like that warmth and I was yeah. kind of like, oh, this is cool. So then I took the other six. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yes. Oh, so dude. So I can totally understand how people could get down that rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I was in love. So I uh, started taking those a lot. If you didn't add those, I would take hydrocodone, which is even weaker. And what I would do with hydrocodone is and that's I got Tylenol in it. It too. does. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I would do? I would get a cup of just like a little bit of water. I would crush them up. Put them in the cup, mix it, and then take it like a shot. There you go. And that seemed to work. <laughs> Worked but, out pretty fine. Oh, yeah. And then you, during, you can also do, you can crush it up, put it in a spoon, melt it down, and then shoot it. Oh, yeah. I, that's another one. I yeah. never shot anything. <laughs> that was a little, I'm scared you of can needles. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, no, but that that is, there's so many, just living in halfway houses and rehabs and stuff. There's so many dumb tricks that I know now. It's like. But that I would never use because I'm sober. But it's like, oh, if you go to the doctor and say you have stomach issues, they give you oxycontin instead of hydrocodone because the the Tylenol is bad for your stomach. Exactly. Yeah. So you can like there's like little phrases you can say to doctors. <laughs> yeah. Where they have to help you. Yeah. And it's like, oh God, like I'm glad I don't didn't know those things back then. But the fact that I know them now makes me feel like a piece of shit. Like I'm oh, a yeah. scumbag. <laughs> I feel it, dude. Yeah. There's like weird shit that I know too, where it's like. Uh, <laughs> like one time I was just, I just wanted, like, like I said, I just wanted to experience highs and I was, uh, like there'd be times where I would just be like, I would snort like oxy uh, oxycodone and shit. And like, I would just to like, Oh, let's try a different method. And, uh, there was one time, <laughs> let's try this way. Right. Exactly. Like, there was one time where, um, he didn't have any oxys or hydros, nothing fun. And, uh, he was like, I have Ambien and I was like, all right. Um, and so I crushed it and I snorted it. And uh, Ambien the sleeping pill. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I I went like, I, I remember nothing. And I remember them showing me videos. And I was just standing in the corner of a room talking to people that were not there. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was some weird shit. Like me seeing the video, that enough should have been like, well, I want to stop this. But I was like, all right. How old weird. were you with the Ambien thing? 
<clears throat> I think I was like 17. Okay. Yeah. So we still have a ways before you get sober. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what ends up happening where so you're living at home, and this is literally almost a decade where you're living yeah. at home doing these odd jobs and stuff. Yes. And then are you just slowly getting worse and worse as far as getting fucked up, or did you kind of maintain at that level of fucked upness? Um, I would say, uh, it, well, it switches, because then I got into like drinking and stuff. Okay. And when I was 18 years old, uh, I was like, oh, I'm 18, I'm going to move down. I moved out for like three months. And you're and, like, the, um, rent, what is that? Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> exactly. Well, so I, I go and I move like somewhere close to downtown, and I was just living with a buddy of mine, and he did you, you said three months did you move and like sign a lease and everything no 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 oh, no yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah i wasn't on the lease or anything i was just giving him the money and uh that was when it got really really weird because i um like i was drinking a lot and then that's when a lot of coke came into play and i remember and how old are you at this time 18. 18 this is right when you turn 18 yes right then and i remember just like friends coming over and literally we have nothing no alcohol or anything so we're just having coke parties we're just oh snorting and listening to music like starting businesses like crazy <laughs> yeah, exactly dude it was it was nuts we could have figured out bitcoin at that time that's how much fucking coke we were doing like God. it was a lot like it was and are you working at this time yes i was okay. working yeah was this at the call center no this was actually uh <laughs> i worked in a pharmacy for a little bit of course I was you a did. pharmacy tech yeah exactly of course you were yeah 100 percent. that was perfect job choice for me at the time you learn a lot like, oh yeah definitely for sure so that was a weird time and then i ended up getting fired from there because i just said no. <laughs> just kept calling in because it's like well you got fired for calling out so many yeah. times yeah that was exactly oh, it. i was yeah. hoping you're gonna be like i got fired because i tried to snort the vivance <laughs> dude dude like i would see it too and they were dispensing it and it's it's too regulated and i was like yeah i'm, I'm good on that, that is the other weird thing too is the like uh, people back when I was younger, yeah, because I'm older. I'm almost a decade older than you. But when okay. I was younger, because I'm thirty, I'll be thirty-five this month. So okay. when I was God, thirty-five, <laughs> recording in my apartment because I ran out of money for this one-man show. All right, uh, <laughs> yeah. but um, I remember in Florida there were pill mills. They were called pill mills. So basically, you would go to a doctor and you would say, "Okay, my back hurts," and they yeah. would say, "Okay, well here's." A uh, 30-day supply of Oxycontin. Holy And you go, shit. okay, cool. And then you go like down the street to another pain management doctor and you go, my back hurts. And they go, okay, here's a 30-day supply of Oxycontin. Because it wasn't regulated and the doctors wanted to push it because they were getting kickbacks from the pharmacy. Exactly. Um, so I remember when I stopped playing football and I had gotten into a car accident and stuff, it was like super easy to get pills. Like, it was nuts. super easy. Yeah. And at the time I was like a true blue alcoholic. So I was like, well, I'm not really like, I love doing the pills and I love snorting the pills and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not like, if it came down to a choice, like I'm always going to choose booze over everything. Yeah. Um, but then everything got super regulated. Yeah. Like super thing. regulated. So yep. I'll run into people now where I talk about some of the pain management issues I have with my back. And, you know, I played football for a decade and I have all yeah. these brain injuries and stuff. And they go, oh, why don't you just go to the doctor and get some medicine? And I go, because it doesn't work like that no. anymore. Yeah. Like it's almost like you were saying with the pharmacy, how regulated everything is. Like yeah. everything is under lock and like three different locks and keys. 100%. And I did timers. It, like, I've dated nurses where yeah. they couldn't even get access to pills. Yeah. And they became nurses to feed their addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Like they became <laughs> nurses to like get access to easy pills. Yeah. That's, and now they can't even get them. Yep. Now they're stuck with the debt. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. It really so as a pharmacy is. tech. You might've had the inkling to be like, Oh, I could just take all this stuff, but you never were able to. No, I never was. And there was also the idea that like, 
everything is on camera. I get caught doing this. I'm going to prison. So yeah. I was like, and I've always, that's always been In a Florida, fear of mine. It's, it's five years per pill. God if damn. If you have like painkillers, get per your... pill. Even if it's your prescription. That's I, crazy. When I was in the system, because you know, there's all the times you go in from the judge and then you have to see everyone else. It's not a private appointment. Like yeah. you see everybody else going. Yeah. And uh, they'd be like, all right, you got caught with three Percocets. And that's a schedule two, so it's a little bit lower. It's like two years per pill. And they go, all right, that's uh, six years. And they go, but no, it's my prescription. They go, was it in the bottle? And they go, well, no, I took it out of the bottle because I'm not going to carry the whole bottle with me. Yeah. They go, so you were caught with three Percocets. It's two years per pill, ma- uh, mandatory minimum, six years, boom. Well, they say it by day, so they'll say like 1,800 and whatever days, bang. That's and you're just crazy. like, that's it? Yeah. That's it? <laughs> dude. That's it? <laughs> what the fuck? That's nuts, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, see, it's shit like that. Like, I don't even know, like, the laws, like, what it is in Albuquerque. I'm sure it's something like that, because there's a bad problem with drugs out there, but oh, it's yeah. like... We've all seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. It's so funny, meeting quick tangent, meeting people here, they're like, Albuquerque? I'm like, Breaking Bad. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, no, so I... Yeah, so I, I... There was those thoughts all the time, like, drooling, looking at that shit sometimes, because I do... I, I would count them, because... Uh, or, like, they're doing through machines sometimes as counter, but, like, I would see them, and I'm like, oh, shit, that looks, yeah. that looks Nice. And it's like the real stuff too. Yes. Not oh like yeah. Like that fake generic shit. Well, you know what's <laughs> you know what's crazy is like fentanyl. This entire conversation is crazy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. But like I like you hear about fentanyl on the street and shit. I remember seeing it as patches in the yeah. in the in the pharmacy. So when all this story came out, I was like, people are getting that shit from the pharmacy. It's it's out on the street like that. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, that's it. No, 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 that's that's different. <laughs> yeah. The one is in the patches because they do a morphine one too. It's yes. like a drip, and you put the patch on for like pe- cancer patients and stuff. Yeah. People who have like severe pain. Um, but yeah, the fentanyl that they're, that's one thing when it's in a controlled patch. It's another thing when people are just cutting their Coke with it or cutting their heroin with it. Exactly. Which doesn't make any sense to me why they cut Coke with it. Yeah. I, that's, Cause I'm like, Coke's an upper. Why would you, for, I understand cutting heroin with it cause you can make the heroin last a lot longer. Exactly. And then it's like better. So you can get really shitty heroin and then you mix it with fentanyl and then it's like, oh, this is the best heroin. Yeah. So I'm not condoning it. Obviously that's how one of my best friends died. But like I'm saying from a purely business perspective, you can understand it. The Coke thing. I just don't get, it's like, you're just killing your client base. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a very weird thing. And like, thank I, like uh, thankfully I was, I had been into painkillers before fentanyl was really big on the streets yeah. and everything. Well, so then I'm you got lucky. sober. I mean, it's just, yes. it's just been a really huge problem the last like five years and oh, you've been yeah. sober for a little while. So yeah. What, Take me through the time. So you move out, and then what happens when you have to move back in? So you lose the job, and you're like, all right, I got to go back? Yeah, I lose the job. I uh, go move back in uh, with my parents. And then uh, this is when stuff started getting bad because I, I was dating somebody at this point. And, Some um, whore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she cheated on me. Oh, but like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, fuck you want to say her name? Yeah. I'll clip it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah the, fuck her. Yeah, she's... We've got, yeah. we got a few thousand <laughs> listeners. We'll cut it. <laughs> We're name, coming for you. Yeah, it starts with an S. Go just hate everybody with the name S. But um, no, like, it, it got really bad because we ended up breaking up. And then that's when the depression just sank in. So and, you were... Not to make it sound lighthearted, but you yeah. were like you were functioning enough to have like a legit emotional connection with someone to the point yeah. where when you guys broke up, you were kind of like, oh, fuck this. Yes. OK, it was because a lot of times in these situations, people get so zonked out. Like, I know I was so fucked up that like if someone 
Like I literally dated someone and broke up with them and I don't even really remember dating them. Yeah. Because yeah. I was so <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. And but obviously she didn't know the extent of what I was doing, but because uh, we would smoke weed together and I think that's all oh, she okay. kind of thought that I was doing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so yeah. who cheated on who? Really? Exactly, right? Who knows? <laughs> but like it, it was I was just unhappy with myself, which kind of led her to cheat on me. So, like, I'm not saying that cheating is good. It's fucking terrible. You're an evil human Sometimes being you if push you do that. There, though. But exactly, and I've I done think, that. yeah, and I, I was, like I take times. responsibility. <laughs> yeah, like I was just, it, I, I get why she did it, yeah. but like that went really bad. And so, how old are you when that happens? Is this still? I was about 18 still. So, like, you yeah. had moved out, moved back in, then you go through the breakup. Yes. Okay. And like right after that is when uh, shit got bad. Uh, I, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of self harm yeah. in that point, and I was living at home, and I kind of was started being a shut in. So I started drinking a lot more then. So the drugs slowed down a bit. You know, it was coke here and there, but like the drugs uh, slowed down. I was doing a lot of weed and uh, just drinking, drinking a ton, yeah. like a lot. Like now it's a party. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the how much I would do, it got. Um, and I don't know if this is a lot. Somebody told me recently. They're like, oh, that's because you're small. It, it you don't need that much. Did but you kick I, him in the dick? That's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I should have. Yeah, because I used. To, okay, so do you? Uh, I don't know if they have them here in in, uh, in New York, but like you know, just the mini shooters, just yeah. the one shot. Okay, yeah. I used to keep those like, in my center console in my car, <laughs> dude. That's like, how I would get to work because I'd wake up and I'd be so shaky that I yeah. had to drink those. Dude, it's so convenient too. Just a little thing, boom, yeah, pop in the trash. The airplane like, one, yeah. Dude, exactly. So I would buy uh, six of those because there was a deal at my local all subs where it was uh, three for uh, three for three. So I buy six of those. I would get three tall cans of uh, of the White Claws, or it, it could be beer, but I, I would prefer White Claw. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah. So the three tall cans, and then the six shots. I was doing that right when six o'clock came around. And oh, then so you until, were waiting. Okay. Yeah, That's I was good. smoking weed once I got up, waiting till six because, like, it's it, like these weird gymnastics you put your head through. You're like, well, if I'm not drinking in the morning, I don't yeah, have a problem. Absolutely. So, yeah. I did that for a decade. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, I'm getting blackout drunk every night, but I don't do it in the morning, so I'm fine. So. Yeah, I got to the point where, and I, I've talked. I don't even know if I've talked about this on the show before, but when I was in college and I first started like drinking drinking yeah I would drink uh captain captain was the big thing when I first got to college yeah but then my alcoholism got so bad like towards the end of my college career that I started I had to switch to Sailor Jerry because I could literally oh, drink shit. half of a handle of captain and this isn't a flex but I would drink half of a handle of captain and I would just feel sick from all the sugar yes. but I wouldn't feel drunk that's fucking nuts. so then that's I switched to like I'd be I'd obviously be fucked up but in my head I was like I'm not as fucked up as I want it like I'm not blackout drunk which is yeah. why I drink was you know to make the pain go away exactly so then I had to switch to Sailor Jerry and dude once because that's 92 proof not 70 yeah so once i did that it was fucking on <laughs> and then dude. as i got older i had to switch to vodka because i was like oh this like that much sugar is bad for you yes yeah vodka like i i was always a like a dark liquor guy i was always whiskey and scotch i loved that shit but like because vodka would give me rough hangovers oh really see yeah, i was the opposite bad. i was always real big into rum but the, I used to drink Sailor Jerry with Mountain Dew. And my oh. older sister was like, you're going to get diabetes at like 24, <laughs> yeah. you piece of shit. Yeah. Code Red Mountain Dew, the cherry flavor. God damn, that's a lot of sugar. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So eventually I, had to, I just, but then I would get such bad hangovers from all that sugar and dehydration yeah. that I would be like, oh, I think I'm going to die. Oh, like, yeah. I think I'm going to die right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. That, I used to get rough hangovers with that. And then I would get blackout on whiskey. And I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm, I'm wake up, drink coffee, smoke a cigarette. I'm you're good to go yeah 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 so when did you 
because we're coming to the hour. Yeah. When did you, uh, like, what was your last drunk? Like, when did you decide you wanted to get sober? That was. So you're living this lifestyle for like five years. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I remember uh, the day, it was May 24th, 2021. So, 20, yeah. Yeah. So May, coming up on two. Yeah. Yeah. Just past two. Yeah. Or, uh, no, no. Uh, that's my that's my two years in stand up. It was April 16th, okay, uh, okay. 2023. Or 2021. One, yeah. But um, yeah, I remember that day. And um, so wait, you, April, May. So you started doing stand up like right after you got sober. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and never done stand up intoxicated, which is crazy. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The first, but, I started in 09, 13. So the first five or six years I was in stand up, I was drunk every single time. Really? People were like, oh, it doesn't count. I go, fuck you, that counts. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I still understand the stage and the timing and stuff. Like, that 100%, counts. 100%. Yeah. People are like, you didn't start stand up until you got sober this last time. I go, fuck you. That means I've only been doing it for four years. You're yeah, an asshole. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then that was another thing, too, is I was like, I don't, I don't want to have to rely on alcohol to do this. Yeah, that was, was the hard thing is I tell people all the time when and you know this from getting sober, but when you yeah. get sober, you have to relearn how to do everything. Oh yeah. How to play video games, how to watch movies, how to do all this because you're so used to it's Pavlovian. You're so used to doing it and taking a shot or taking a drink or exactly. taking a smoke or taking a something. Yep. And that's why like I'm barely cuz I was a shut-in and I'm barely like learning how to communicate with people like yeah. again, like I'm getting you have to get back out in the world with it. Yeah, exactly. So what happened? What was the last time you drank? So I remember or smoked or got um up? yeah, it was I was wasted and this was like and I still remember this because I was really drunk and I used to black out so this was early it had to be like like I don't know seven o'clock at night and uh, my sister uh, was moving to uh, to California so this would have been just like and still kind of the midst of a COVID kind of a situation yeah yeah it was like right then yeah, yeah. 2021 yeah yeah and so I found out that she uh, was moving there and um because she was getting married, her husband um, works for like something where he's always like moving around. So they were moving. I thought you were going to say a studio. It's going to be like oh. Jake, my new best friend. <laughs> Dude, I wish. Fuck, man. <laughs> but like, I remember that, and it, it made me like reflect on stuff because my sister, my sister was somebody who I never thought would like move out of the state because yeah. she was like very sheltered and like so I was always thought she was going to be here, but she was doing that, and I always had dreams of doing that, but she was doing it, and um, just. Like I grew up with my older sister and we were always really close until like all the drugs and the alcohol came into play and it made me think I was like, okay, she's moving away and our relationship is just I mean, it was never bad, but she just doesn't want anything to do with me really like and obviously if you know, she would say different things. She's always supported me, but like I remember getting drunk and going downstairs and just fighting with my parents and I just see her give she she would give me a like a disappointed look and she would leave and I was like I was like, she's moving away and like, like I have like our relationship isn't as good as I want it to be. And I was like, I can't do this. Like she's getting married and she's going to have a kid and she's not going to want me around. Yeah. So like the that drunkle, the drunk uncle, the yeah, drunkle. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, nobody likes the drunkle. Oh no. Yeah. Nobody likes the drunkle. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like life isn't what I wanted to be. I'm, I wake up every morning and I don't even want to continue. Like I, I can't do this. And so like, yeah, I made the decision then because, um, I was just like, I wanted, I wanted life to get back to the way it was. I didn't care if I lost my friends. I didn't care if, you know, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I enjoyed. I was like, I just, I know ma- my sister is gonna, you know, have kids and I want to be in her life and I want my relationship with my parents to get better. And, uh, so how I, did you get sober? So I, it was completely cold turkey. I was like, you just I, stopped? yeah, I just, I awesome, just stopped. Dude. It was, 
It was tough. Um, those first few months, man. What I, I ended up playing a lot of video games. Yeah. Because they kept my mind up. I put on some like new punk albums that I've never that I never heard before, and I was like, oh, this is cool, and I'm playing. So it kept my mind. That was the main thing. It was like, just keeping my mind off of stuff. Yeah. And um, well, because I tell people all the time, because I got sober through rehab and then AA. Yeah. And people are all like, and I talked about this with Natalie Cuomo, friend of this show, but also I went on her podcast to promote the one man show, and she was like, well, what do you tell people who don't drink but never went to AA. I was like, good, good yeah. for you. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I was always... I have to fucking follow all these like rules and regulations and I have all these routines and stuff because that's what I have to do to stay sober. Yeah. If you don't have to do that, I'm fucking... I'm envious of that. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It, that, I was always like kind of scared of going to like rehab and AA. So I was like, I'm. let's see. I'm I'm sure I could do this on my own and I was able to. Which but, is awesome. Um, yeah, it was... Thank you. Yeah, it was a good decision I made. But then... I stopped drinking and um, I realized that I've never really dealt with my problems. Yeah. So something we realize. Oh, dude. The, doesn't matter how you stop drinking. Yeah. But we all have to go through that same thing. Exactly. So I'm like, I, the depression was just unimaginable. I stayed home, never went out of my room. And I, that's when I had rediscovered stand up because I just wanted to see what it fucking felt like to laugh again. Yeah. Because I had forgotten what that was. And uh, I remember uh, like the first ones where I found Tiger Belly, Bobby Lee, and then uh, Schultz, uh, yeah. Andrew Schultz. And uh, he was at the cellar the other night. Yeah, I saw that. I was trying a, w a week before I tried to get tickets, but it sold out or, yeah. or the reservation. You couldn't get a reservation. But um, yeah, so I wish I would have known. I would introduce you to him. You know him? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> dude, <like> you <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what if I was just holding out? <laughs> Dude, I would have been like, what are you doing later? Let's go you right now. so excited. You, you know him? No. <laughs> Dude, of course yeah. not. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been, holy God. shit. <laughs> that would, that yeah. would, I wish, but yeah. Right? Dude. Yeah, that would have been a dream. But like, no, I, I started watching him and Bobby Lee, and I was laughing again. And I remember Bobby Lee talking about it because he, the way he started, he was like, I just wanted to like, like get good at something. I think the terms he put it, he was like, I wanted to get girls. So yeah. I did that. And I was like. Yo, I love stand-up. I can get chicks from it. I can do something, and I can, like, get good at something. Maybe this is what I, like, maybe this is something that I find that I know I'm good at. So then you started doing stand-up. Started doing stand-up. I went to my first mic, and I did, like, one joke worked, and I ate shit, but I was like, I'm coming back next week. Fuck it, because... See, it's interesting you say this, because I have a lot of people on it. We talk about how they got into whatever they got into, yeah. whether it's stand-up, acting, music. And so much with comics, it's I went to my first mic and I did pretty well. And that's obviously what kept me coming back. But you are wired similar to, similarly to me. And I've had a few people on who are fucked up like this where they go, didn't matter if I bombed or if I crushed. I was still going to go. Yeah, like, exactly. I think that's the masochist in us. We're just like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, I'm still going to go. Oh, 100%. Because what I found is just being up there, that shit felt like coke. Yeah. So I was like, oh, good. hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's do this shit. And so literally, I just traded one addiction for another. But then I was blessed enough to find that like, well, I'm not religious or anything, but like I was lucky enough to find I was like, oh, this is what I'm good at because I have I'm never I'm five three. I don't do sports. I was never good with chicks. I there's nothing in my life that I'm like, oh, I was good at that fucking stand up. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. I'm good at this. I can do this. And, <laughs> yeah. And so 
Yeah, so ever since then, uh, it's kept me in sobriety. Uh, my sister uh, had a baby. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, I'm an uncle. I'm the funkle, not the drunkle. There you like, go. hell yeah. So, uh, But no, that's another reason that keeps me sober is because like, I don't want my niece to be like, oh yeah, that's my uncle. He gets drunk and I don't see him a lot. Yeah, we don't talk to him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm... Trust me, I've thought about that a thousand times with yeah. my nieces and stuff. You also don't want to be the guy too where it's like you say inappropriate things. Because I say inappropriate things sober. Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm like, I don't want to be the guy who gets drunk and says wildly inappropriate things. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah, so having her and she's You're like, hey, girls, did you know your mom was arrested three times before I was, huh? She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly. See, yeah, I, that keeps me sober. Uh, she's a little cutie. She's, I think, she's like eight nine months uh, something like that so yeah she's like uh, we're all in a family group chat and they just sent me a video this morning she's like watching Elmo and shit it's she's adorable and she was just visiting us like uh, about a month ago and so it was my first time like actually seeing her like being able to hold her and stuff yeah exactly yeah, that's cool. so it, it was it was amazing so yeah so everything that's happening in my life now I went to therapy and I was able to deal with my problems that's in a awesome, healthy dude. way so this all came from getting sober and then starting yeah. to do stand up and just dealing with shit 100% so yeah. what is um we got to wrap up but before yeah. we do what is your kind of thing because we talked about this at the cellar and i don't know if you want to put it out there publicly yeah. but you do uh eventually once you finish school in new mexico are planning on moving out and pursuing stand-up yes okay 100 percent. and yeah. are you gonna do new york or la uh new york okay new york 100 right la suck it <laughs> new york i'm coming for you <laughs> um plug everything one more time let everyone yeah, know they uh, can find you. jake otero comedy on everything um if you're in albuquerque i'm on a bunch of shows uh just go to my uh instagram the link trees right there you'll find everything and uh yeah i'll be back in new york in a few months every time uh, i get a break from semesters i'm gonna come here perfect so, cool well, yeah. thanks for coming on dude of course thanks for having me this was awesome <laughs> thank you everybody for listening at brennan t comedy on all social media brennan t comedy.com check out the one man show premiering on patreon.com slash brennan tassif may 31st 2023 which is also my five-year date of sobriety yeah. and we'll talk to you all next week later we're out